Hello, I'm Pete Ziegenfuss, the Global Head of Bid Management at Bank of America. You're listening to the Treasury Insights Podcast Series. I'm excited to be joined today by Didier Vandenhout, who's a partner at PwC's Belgium practice for corporate treasury and the leader of the global PwC banking and cash management network, and also by Kuhn Desmoot, the Director of Treasury Technology at PwC. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Hello, Pete. Very nice to be with you today. Hey, Pete. Thank you for the time today. So Didier and Kuhn are going to talk us through some of the highlights of PwC's latest Global Treasury Survey. And this truly is a global study that they run every other year with the latest survey spanning 375 firms across 33 countries and 24 industries. Definitely a seminal piece of research that us and most of the banks look out for, as well as many of the corporate treasurers that I know. And I'm really pleased to have you guys here to give us an insight and deep dive on the findings and talk us through what you're seeing more generally in the treasury and the payments arena as we move into 2024. Didier, let's start with the treasury priorities and the office of the CFO. I noted that cash and liquidity management remained the number one priority for treasurers for the eighth consecutive year. What were the key movers on this list of priorities and how do the priorities of the treasurer contrast with that of the CFO? Yes, thanks, Pete, for the question. And before I go there, I think I'd like to provide some highlights about what you just said, because it's quite of something we see on the market. It's been eight years in a row that we see cash and liquidity management being key on the agenda of both the CFOs and the treasurers. And if you look that over the last years, what has changed? Well, I think a couple of things we can highlight. First of all, it's fair to say that access to funding is starting to become more stringent, but also more expensive. So clearly, access to internal cash and liquidity optimization is key. We also see on the other side that value of liquidity has gone up significantly. And I can give you a couple of cases of very large multinationals being very cash rich, but still looking at, for example, improving the cash flow forecast with the sole objective to improve the return on liquidity. And of course, post-COVID, everything which relates to automation, but even more importantly, control over inflows and outflows remains key. So that's why you see cash and liquidity management being on top of people's agenda. Now, if you look at, on that topic in particular, the actions that have been taken recently in that area compared to the last survey. The key element is that there's been a focus at further centralizing the cash and liquidity operations. And specifically, that is true for the very large multinationals corporation. They have realized the benefits they can really generate from scale, and they have moved significantly towards further cash margin centralization. And I'll give you three numbers that I would like you to keep in mind. 77% of the very large multinationals, and that is the 5 billion plus turnover corporates, have an in-house bank in place. 55% of them have a payment factory in place, and 42% use payments on behalf solutions. On all these three aspects, it's a 10 percentage point increase compared to two years ago. So significant increase of those solutions that gives better control over cash and liquidity. Now to your question at the end, and that's an interesting perspective, we compare in the survey, what are the priorities of the corporate treasurers being set by themselves versus the priorities of the CFO put towards the corporate treasurers? And the question is, are they aligned, basically? The top priorities, very much aligned. It's about cash and liquidity, as I said. It's about securing the funding. And it's about having good control over the core financial risk of the company 
being foreign exchange risk, interest rates, and commodity risk. Now, there's one element that I'd like to highlight is the fact that in this survey, it is very clear that the CFO would like the corporate treasurer to extend its value beyond treasury and to really go into what I would call becoming the trusted advisor of the corporate group. That is one of the key priorities of the CFO. Unfortunately, if you look at the treasurer's priority, it is not really there yet. So they do struggle with a request from the CFO to be closer to the business beyond treasury operations. And the second one is that working capital has been mentioned for the first time by the CFO as a priority for their treasurers. So they need to really be more in control of working capital. You see there also a lot of corporate treasurers do struggle with that demand. That's a bit of the key highlight, I would say, from the priorities, Pete. And that definitely echoes with what we're seeing in the market as well. Much more focus on all things working capital. And then as well, some of those more sophisticated structures, payment factories, in-house banks, becoming more mainstream and moving down into the mid-market space as well from an adoption perspective. In regards to the priorities as well, just one thing I was really interested to hear about was just any differences between what you see in the B2B versus the B2C space? Broadly speaking, they face similar challenges and have the same priorities defined. Now, there is one element that we see differences is really related to working capital management. Working capital management is ranked as number four priority by the B2C firms, while it is number six for the entire population. But even more importantly, you see that the second biggest challenge for that group is working capital management, while for the entire population is ranked number six. So big priority for them around working capital, and they do struggle more than the other subsegments there. Now, I was thinking about what could be the, one of the reasons behind. And I think it's fair to say that the consumer market is one of these industries that has been mostly affected by the COVID when it comes to the business model. Eh? I mean, if you look at one of the questions we have in there, is about whether they have, for example, a marketplace or an e-commerce solution in place, or at least if they are looking at having one in place. Well, you can see that for that segment or for that industry, that number goes up to 60% in the consumer market segment. That question was not asked two years ago, but I'm pretty sure that before COVID, the number was much lower than that. It means that the business model for the consumer market has significantly changed for many of them. And that has impacted their operations, but also their cash flow model in a very visible way. So my take on this, and it could be one explanation, is that probably they've been even more mandated by the CFO to look at working capital management because of the drastic impact of COVID on the business model and the impact of course it had over the cash flows of the group. Got it. That makes complete sense. I think some of these B2C firms are definitely more supply chain intensive. I can imagine that working capital element being a lot more in focus. So Kuhn, moving on from priorities, what were the salient or just the broader themes that really jumped out to you from this year's study? Well, I think another key theme to next to what Didier already mentioned clearly is the further digital enablement of corporate treasury operating models. I think the trend of digitization of treasury functions clearly has continued to accelerate. And as Didier already referred to in functions such as in-house bank, payment factories, and so forth. So what we've seen over the last five years, and this has for sure been accelerated by the new way of working, somewhat being enforced by the COVID pandemic, we've seen many organizations taking a big step 
to transform their entire treasury technology landscape over the last years to make sure that all the transactional data resides in, let's say, one core treasury management system surrounded by specialist applications such as payment factory, but also multi-bank rate finance applications and working capital management solutions. Now, over 70% of the respondents now indicate that their current focus is to further leverage that data and really install data analytics and visualization, as well as APIs as being the most relevant technologies for the next two to three years to come. And optimizing analytics and visualization can really empower the treasurer to be a better steward of their functions, critical data, and really become the strategic partner within the organization. Right. Thanks, Ken. So as mentioned, this is very much a global study and Bank of America banks three quarters of the global Fortune 500. We're also the number one provider by market share in the US where we have treasury relationships with 98% of the US Fortune 500. And I'm aware we'll have a lot of listeners on the podcast today from US multinationals. So as such, can you guys give us a breakdown of some of the regional nuance that surfaced in the study, particularly salient for our US audience? Yes, Peter. And first of all, impressive numbers that you just shared there uh, from your side. Now, looking at the differences between U.S. and Europe, there are not that many. And of course, most of the corporates that have taken part in the survey operate globally. There is a lot of consistency in the trends when you operate on a global scale. Now, looking to the details, I could identify one or two relevant differences, which I will support with some numbers coming out of the survey. The first one is ESG. Clearly, an important topic lately when it comes also to treasury. But there, I could see some differences on how ESG is looked at between the two regions. And I'll make reference to one question and one number there. One of the questions we ask is about the fact whether the corporate has not only a corporate policy in place for treasury when it comes to ESG, but also whether they have specific measures and KPI they use to track how they perform vis-a-vis ESG uh, on their side. Now, if you look at the European headquartered corporate, it's still not an impressive number, but still 15%, one five, say that they have such kind of policy and KPI and measurement in place. If you look at the corporate headquartered in the US, that number goes down to a one-digit number being 8%. So clearly, it seems in that space that Europe is a bit more advanced than U.S. from a headquarter corporate treasury location perspective. The second one that I also found interesting, it's a trend that we have seen happening back again in the last two to three years, is about the willingness to outsource part of your treasury operations to third-party providers. And when you look into the detailed results, you see that when it comes, for example, to payments and collections, U.S. headquartered corporates are more inclined or even have more solution in place whereby they outsource part or full of the payments and collections processes, while in Europe it's still at its infancy. So it's clearly a difference of five points between what the U.S. does versus what the European corporates do. So two major change or major differences there, ESG and willingness to outsource part of your treasury operations. Thanks, Didier. Really interesting. And again, I think that does echo with what we see. And it's also been interesting, some of those constructs you talk about earlier, like payment factories and on behalf of, they used to be very much international or rest of world constructs, but now they're getting much more global and involving the U.S. as well. So good to see that adoption there. I also noted 
that several of the questions focus on treasurer's considerations or priorities over the next two to three years. So using that lens, what do you think are the trends that will continue to play out across 2024 and 2025? Perhaps further building on the analytics and visualization element I referred to earlier, this will be key enablers for Treasury to become that strategic partner to the broader business, which is marked as being one of the priorities for their CFOs. And also to the DS point earlier on ESG, here also data capabilities will play a key role to effectively report on ESG matters from a Treasury perspective. To achieve those analytics and visualization goals, organizations need to really plan for their success, making sure they not only have the right technology capabilities, but also the right resourcing place. Respondents really indicated in our survey that their digital and analytical capabilities are, on average, at a medium maturity, so they seem less inclined to focus or add dedicated resources to support this, suggesting that in the next two to three years, they will really have to upskill their current resources to be able to move on that path forward. A second element I would say that is clearly ramping up is about obtaining the data faster and more frequently, and more seamlessly is a key priority as well for our respondents. Of course, API connectivity with both banks and external providers, but also internal systems such as ERP, continuing to be very relevant in the next two to three years by an overwhelming number of our respondents. And we see that several of our clients are currently engaged in projects with major banking providers to enable account balance data called via API to their TMS, to their ERP. But while this is viewed as the connectivity of the future, the survey also indicates that the adoption of this technology still significantly requires a ramp up by many of the respondents as well, because they're still entrenched in communication paths such as SFTP and SWIFT. The key elements that have been indicated as blockers are the budget and technology skills that is not available. And to navigate that budget question, we see treasury leaders develop business cases to demonstrate to their leadership ROI to be able to move forward on that path for further digitization enablement within their organization. Great. It's interesting to see a business case is much easier in a down cycle where there's lots of volatility and risk. It kind of helps that business case move along. So I'm aware that the sample period for the survey closed in Q2 2023. Of course, a lot's happened since then. So what's your personal perspective on the changes arising since the survey closed? Another digital element that I haven't covered so far is clearly AI and Gen AI. In the past, we had many buzzwords in finance and treasury, starting with STP back in the days, or more recently, RPA and blockchain. But if you see the evolutions and fast adoption of Gen AI, this is clearly from another dimension as the ones mentioned before. Majority, if not all of our clients and finance leaders are already thinking through how Gen AI could bring their functions to the next levels with many use cases being implemented as we speak. And also in Treasury, we've seen capabilities that you're literally able to talk to your TMS in plain English or another language and actually interact and communicate with your data. It's not anymore a utopia to using prompts such as give me my bank accounts that have on average 1 million excess cash over the last six months. That already exists today. Treasurers can use those functions today. So I would say to conclude on this question in conjunction with data analytics visualization, and APIs as referred to before, Gen AI is going to be the technology evolution that will drastically impact also the way treasures operate their functions and enable them to literally interact or talk with their data to become and better become that strategic partner for the broader business that they're serving. Definitely seeing a lot of buzz around AI. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the course of the year. Last year, we saw, among other regional banks, the demise of SVB, which is the second largest bank failure in U.S. history, and 
Didier, I remember meeting you at your offices in Switzerland last year, the same week that Credit Suisse was taken over, which was just a massive story given they were on the FSB's list of GSIBs or global systemically important banks until only 2022. As a result, we definitely saw a lot of downstream activity and record new client onboarding. But what do you see as the impact of these events on treasury initiatives and bank relationship management moving forward? It's a wake-up call here again, Pete. It reminds me to a certain extent the 2008 financial crisis. So it's not the same situation at all, and I will not try to compare the difference between both, but there is one point that has to be clear to me in corporate treasury's minds. Yes, banks can go bankrupt, and corporate have again been more attentive when it comes to counterparty risk, and in particular, for those usual financial risks being deposits, or for example, ensuring proper access to funding. But in my view, they should also look beyond that. They should go beyond their traditional risk exposure. They should also look at, for example, resiliency for payments and collections. What happens if my bank goes bankrupt? Will I be able to pay my employees? Will I be able to collect my funds? Or even when you talk about resiliency, what if, for example, my bank would be significantly hacked and would not be able to process my payments anymore? And there I can see that there is clearly a lack of maturity for the majority of the corporates when they have to respond to that question. And there, of course, working with the Bank of America, which is not only, by the way, a global systemically important bank, but it's also one of the few cash management banks that is truly global, well, that will help the corporates to mitigate that risk. Thanks. Definitely from our end, it was a real, I think, wake-up call for a lot of treasurers to have a hard look at their banking groups. I think a lot had really expanded over the years to really looking at who they're banking with and where and making sure that's where they want to be. So that's all we have time for today. So be sure to download a copy of PwC's Global Treasury Survey at explore.pwc.com forward slash 2023 Global Treasury Survey. We've touched on the priorities and themes that will impact treasurers in 2024, and we'll dive deeper into global cash and liquidity management on our next podcast. For now, I want to thank Didier and Kuhn for your time and your insights today, and I really enjoyed the discussion. Thanks, Pete. Thank you. I'm Pete Siegenfuss, and you've been listening to Didier van den Hoot and Kuhn de Smoot at PwC. Thanks for listening to the Treasury Insights Podcast Series. Bank of America is the marketing name used by certain global banking and global market businesses of Bank of America Corporation, lending other commercial banking activities and trading in certain financial instruments are performed globally by banking affiliates of Bank of America Corporation, including Bank of America NA member FDIC. Copyright 2023 Bank of America Corporation. All rights reserved.